All right, community of faith, how are we doing this morning? Yeah, glad to hear you here in the room. We're getting close to Christmas. How many of you have finished all your Christmas shopping already? All right, two of us, that's great. If you're at home, I want you to know I've been up at the Outlet Mall every single day this week looking for COF people who haven't come back yet but are at the mall. So, no, I haven't really been doing that. But if you've been at the mall, you can get up here. We're going to have an amazing Christmas. I want you all to be here together. It's that time for giving gifts. Well, let me ask you this question. What do you give to the one who has everything? You know, some of you are thinking, yeah, like my father-in-law or whatever, right? No, I'm talking about God. What do you give to God? What could you and I give to God? I mean, he has everything, right? I mean, literally everything. What can we give him? What would be pleasing to him? There's only one gift the Bible says that we can give that pleases him. You know what that is? Faith, faith. And so we wanna just talk to you for just a few quick moments this morning about the gift of faith. The gift, the only gift that you can give back to God. If you look in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, we'll look at verses one and two. Let me read you out of the Message Bible. You can see it up on the screen. The fundamental fact of existence is is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. And then verse six of Hebrews 11. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So we're gonna please God. There's only one way to do it. We have to bring faith. Everything boils down to that. Now, some things can symbolize our faith, whether it's our money or our time or our lives, our priorities. All of these are are simply symbols of, of the thing that pleases God, our faith. So we really only have this one gift. So what is faith exactly? We wanna give you, I think, the most human, most simple definition of faith this morning. And I think you can grab hold of it and really see it and really get a feel for it because it might not be exactly what you think that it is. So Laura, tell us, what's the definition of faith? I think the first thing that we want you to see about faith today is that faith is trust in God's heart. And I think we all know that trust is a part of faith. It's necessary that we have faith. I mean, you trust that a doctor can help you get well, and so you go see the doctor. Or you trust in an elevator that it's going to hold you up and not let you plummet to the ground. You have to have a bit of trust to get into that elevator, right? And if you don't, you're not going to get in. If you don't trust airplanes, you're going to take the train everywhere you go or the car everywhere you go, right? So trust is always that first part of faith. It's the foundation of faith. It's that conviction that certain things are true. And for us as believers in Christ, it's that conviction that God's heart is good toward us. We trust that he is good. And I think unfortunately though, for some of us, our faith stops right there. We think faith is just trust and nothing else. And that's okay 
as long as you never leave your house or you never get up out of bed or get out from under the covers, you know, you could think that that was true of faith and be okay. But the truth is, and here's the second thing I want you to see this morning, faith is trust in God's heart mixed with a little bit of fear and doubt. I think for all of us, we can probably go, okay, good. Because sometimes I have fear and doubt, right? And I imagine sometimes you have fear and doubt too. I trust in God's heart. I trust that he's good, but sometimes I just wonder. Sometimes I just have questions. You know, in this world, it's hard to arrive at 100% certainty about anything, right? I mean, we're just human. We're going to have questions and doubts. I mean, you hope that doctor can help you, but I mean, maybe he's a quack, right? Or you hope that the elevator is going to hold you up, but maybe one of those cables is worn and this is the time that it's not going to work. Great. Thanks for letting me think about that. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that picture for the next time you get in the elevator. Um, But people who believe that faith is 100% certainty, they're really just kind of paralyzed in their life. They can't step out and do anything. They're waiting for a certain feeling so that then they can step out and trust God. And, and the truth is, real faith always has unbelief and a little bit of fear mixed into it. Well, just for example, you know, some of you think, well, the pastors, they have to have like perfect, perfect faith, right? But, you know, I've been with literally hundreds of people when they breathe their last breath. As a pastor, that's one of my privileges. It's also very sobering, you know, to be there with the family when someone breathes their last breath. And I remember even when my dad was dying, asking him, I said, it just seems so surreal. I've been with hundreds of people, but now it's you. It just seems surreal to me. What does it feel like to you? And he goes, oh yeah, it's surreal, you know? I mean, we're still the same on the day that we die. And you know, I was thinking about it. I, I think that on the day that I breathe my last, I'm gonna be, you know, saying, okay, God, I love you. I'm, I'm so glad that I live for you. And then breathe that last breath and then I'm gonna open one eye in heaven, you know, and go, yes, it's really real, right? I mean, I know it's real, but that's gonna still be like, I knew it, I knew it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced God here and I know it's real. And you see it, yeah. So, but if I'm going like, yes, it's really real, does that mean there was never any doubt at all? Yeah, I guess there must've been something, right? So what is it that distinguishes how Laura and I live from unbelievers then? It's acting, acting on our belief. See, we believe and we act on that. And in the acting of that, that, that's where the faith comes in. Laura and I have built our lives around that belief part. And I think that's important. I think that's the next part of the definition of faith today. Faith is trusting in God's heart, mixed with a little bit of fear and doubt, but then it's acting on the belief part. It's stepping out and taking action. The key word there is action, like Mark said. Faith is wavering between trust and doubt. It's wavering between hope and despair. It's wavering between belief and unbelief. But then hesitantly, with your heart in your hands, stepping out and acting on the belief part. That's what God has called us to do as believers. He knows we're going to struggle. He knows we're going to doubt. He knows we're going to have questions. Let me put it very clearly. Those of us that are 
that think that living by faith means that we, we stay over here in the belief column until we're 100% certain, until those feelings come. We're not really living by faith. You're just stalling by faith. You're not going to do anything that God has called you to do. Living by faith means that you take action. It's acting on the belief part. It means taking a step of faith, no matter how small or how uh, haltingly or how doubtful you feel, it's acting on your knowledge of the goodness of God's heart, and he's called you to do it, and you step in it, no matter how you feel. Faith is trust mixed with doubt, mixed with unbelief, and acting on the belief part. Maybe today... You're feeling those kind of things and God's calling you to step out and give to the best gift offering and you're unsure. Faith says, I'm gonna take that step. Maybe he's calling you to volunteer at Christmas, one of the six services or six of the six services. Faith says, I'm gonna step out and do it even though I'm unsure, I haven't ever volunteered before. Maybe he's calling you to invite that neighbor to Christmas services at Community of Faith. Faith says, I'll take the action. No matter how I feel, I'm not going to wait until I'm 100%. Don't worry about your doubts. Faith is always mixed with doubt and questions and, and, and that feeling of a little bit unsure. But when you finally get up the courage to act on that belief in spite of the doubts and fears, that's walking by faith. Talk to a guy uh, after the service last uh, Sunday. And he came up to me as hesitant, stayed till right at the very end. And he came up and he kind of had tears in his eyes. And he said, Pastor, I just want to talk to you for a minute. I, I really, I want to believe, but my intellect just keeps talking me out of it, you know? And, and uh, I just told him, I said, well, come sit down with me for a minute. We sat down at one of the little tables out there in the lobby. And I, I just talked to him about how that's, I mean, that's so normal. That's, that's fine. And I said, but don't expect me right now to try to give you this convincing argument and talk you into it because if I can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out of it. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you to get one of the later translations of the Bible. I really like right now the voice translation a lot. Uh, I like the New Living translation and the Passion translation. The, the message also is good. But one of those that is really accurate from the original language, the Greek of the New Testament into English. And I said, I want you to get that. And I want you to begin to read the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and just begin to read that and just read a little bit. This is Jesus' words that has mo the most words of Jesus are in John that are anywhere else. And, and so I said, you read that. And every time before you begin to read, you say, God, if you're real, I really want to know you. Jesus, if you're for real, I want to meet you here. And I said, I promise you, promise you. He's done it every single time I've asked someone to do that. He will meet you and you will know that he's real. It won't be me talking you into it. It'll be you and Jesus and you will see that. But it's going to be a lot more radical than what American church a lot of times says that it is. When you read the words of Jesus, it, it's a whole life-changing kind of thing where he becomes actually the Lord, the boss of your life and, and you begin, the rest of your days are given over to him. You see, there, there's more to the story. If we left the matter where it is right now with this definition, I'd be doing you a disservice because it would be a very incomplete picture because it would still look too easy. In the American church, we've made faith that this uh, uh, amazing 
thing that's relatively simple, but in reality, when it comes up against real life, it's not that easy because living by faith is, is really often very difficult. In fact, it doesn't always end up the way we would like. I guess you could ask the question this way, does living by faith mean that I will always receive a miracle? And the answer is, what's your definition of a miracle? What is your definition of a miracle? Let me read you again in Hebrews chapter 11. This is like the roll call of the faithful. And it's an amazing chapter if you wanna read about faith. In verses 33 and 34, it says this, through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established true justice. Their faith fastened onto the promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions. We studied Daniel recently. It was faith that put out the power of raging fire. We studied the three Hebrew boys that were thrown into the furnace and what God did to save them. And we're going like, yeah, faith, faith. I mean, we're gonna see all of this happen if we just have faith, but the chapter in Hebrews goes on. It doesn't stop there. Let me read you the rest of the verses, 35b and through 38. It says this, it was faith that enabled others to endure great atrocities. They were stretched out on the wheel and tortured. Yay, faith. (laughs) Others were mocked and experienced the most severe beating with whips. Ooh, the miracle. They were in chains and imprisoned. Some of these faith champions were brutally killed. Well, wait a minute, God, you know, why, why is this in the, fa- I mean, surely these guys, they didn't have as much faith as the ones who shut the mouths. Of- no, they had maybe more faith to in- endure that. Living by faith means that you take a step, not knowing where it's gonna lead because we don't understand God at all, you know? And, and it's, it, it's like, when you look at that, you're, you're like, God, I'm trying to figure this out. He was so sure, someone will say to me, that he was gonna be healed all the way till the very last moment. What happened? He just not have enough faith? Well, God has other plans sometimes, you see. He doesn't see death like we do. He says, this is boot camp. I'm teaching you some things. When you're ready, I'm gonna bring you on. You're gonna rule and reign with me. That's when real life begins. We see it as this missing, you know, they're gone from our lives for the rest of our days. But he just sees it as a transition. Like when you used to fall asleep as a kid in the car, you know, coming home late at night from somewhere, and then you would wake up in your own bed. You think, how did I get here, right? It, it was your parents that lovingly carried you in and, you know, covered you up. That's what death is to God. It, it's, it's, it's so different. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. You wouldn't come to him if you didn't believe he is, right? And you wouldn't come to him if you didn't think that he loved you and you could trust his heart towards you and there's something good there for you. So the person of faith not only believes that God exists, he believes that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So how do we please God? Live sinlessly? No, that's not what it says. Love flawlessly? No, thank God, right? Succeed perfectly? 
in all that we do? No. Trust. We trust his heart toward us. Trust that even doubt sometimes because we don't understand, but acts in each choice with the belief, God is good. That relationship with him is the best thing possible. And so what is the reward of our faith? Is it material things? Well, sometimes, but that's not the point. Relationship. Relationship with the God of the universe. I know what some of you are thinking, well, but what about all those things that happen that I don't understand? <clears throat> Unbelief would tell you, well, God's just a liar. He didn't come through. He didn't do what you were expecting. He didn't do what you asked him to do. But belief says, no, God is just other. He didn't do what I was expecting. That's because he's God. I know his heart is good and I trust his heart. I mean, if I could understand everything that God was doing with my human brain, I mean, he wouldn't really be God, right? He's other from us. He's so far beyond us. He's different from us. You know, we don't understand the story that he's writing oftentimes, but he is writing a story. Hebrews 12, 12 says that Jesus is the author of our faith. He's writing a great story, the great story of faith all down through the years, all through the scripture and the thousands of years since up to today. And the really exciting thing is you're a part of that story. I'm a part of that story. God has written us into it and he's actively bringing this story to completion. That's what Jesus is doing. And he's put us in there as a main part of that story. So what does that mean? I mean, a lot of us came to Jesus initially. Maybe your marriage, you were struggling and you said, I need you to please help me in my marriage. Or maybe you were looking for a job and you wanted God to provide a job for you or your health was struggling and you came to him asking him to, to help you and heal you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those are all great ways to come into relationship with God. But if you stay there, you're missing out if you never get past there because those things are all going to end. Those things are all passing. And God has a deeper, greater story for your life. You know, when the miracle happens, when the miracle comes, our faith says, well, of course it did because I trust in the goodness of God's heart. But when you've prayed for that miracle and you've waited in vain and prayed again and continued to wait and you don't see it, faith says, I know God's heart is good. Even though I don't understand, I'm going to trust in his heart. That's what faith says. Faith says, I want God more than life itself. I want God in my relationship with him more than my next breath. That's what faith is. You know, I think when Jesus healed Lazarus, remember he brought him forth from the dead. He, he resurrected him. And it says right before he did that, Jesus wept. And I know that he wept because he saw the sorrow of his friends for their brother. But also I think he might've wept a little for Lazarus. Lazarus, I'm gonna call you back right now. I'm gonna do a great miracle to show how powerful God is uh, so they'll know who I am, but you're gonna have to die again, you know, all over again. You have to go through this whole thing again. And, and I think that probably brought grief to him because we don't see it. We don't see it that way. We just think, what a miracle, Lazarus is back. He's not here now, he died again, you know? And so, it's different than what we think. When we use Jesus and use uh, Jesus' name to get the same things that the world wants, so many churches in America are, are teaching that, you know? It, it's like, we'll just come to Jesus and he's gonna give us health and wealth and prosperity. 
Those are the same things that the world is seeking. And they see that. They say, you're just trying to get to the same place that I am. You're just trying to use a different way to get there. You're trying to use God to get there. And they, they notice that. And, you know, it's like Jesus is the ticket to that. And the problem is that when the show starts, the ticket's kind of left by the wayside, right? You don't need it anymore. So I have a dream for you, community of faith. I've had this dream. From the time we started, we came back from Mexico where we were missionaries, started this church in 2003. And here's the dream. It's Jesus' dream. He says this in Matthew 5, 13 and 14. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. My desire, my prayer for you is that it's really the reason why we take this best gift offering at all is that I want your life to have this radical savor, this radical flavor, this risk-taking, gutsy, countercultural flavor. I want you to be salty. I want you to be bright. I want you to shine in this world. And they look and they say, there's something different. They have relationship with God. It changes everything. See, what the world is, is waiting to see it is something like that that would awaken a sense of Christ's value, something, something radical, some risk, some sacrifice. In fact, they might not like it. I didn't say that they would like it. They're waiting to see it. But you know what they did to Jesus. If you're like him, they crucified him. So at least they won't be bored when they see you, right? Does it mean that, that it's gonna be everything that you hoped that it would be. But Laura just said, Jesus is the author. He's writing a story. And the, this chapter in Hebrews that we're looking at in the, in the last verses of it, 39 and 40, it, it says something really interesting about the end of the story. It says, and all these having gained approval through their faith. It just basically listed everybody in the whole Bible who gained approval through their faith, not their works, their faith, they did not receive what was promised yet because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect or whole. Like what he's saying there is the story is not finished without you. When Jesus founded his church and the church age, he said, without that, there's no complete story. I want you to be the completer. I'm gonna use you to complete the story. One of the things that Jesus said, he said, this gospel, this good news about me is gonna be preached to every nation. And in the original language, the Greek, that word nation, it means every people group, every language group, every one of those little pockets of people that have their own little culture, it's gonna be preached. And did you know we're on the verge of that right now? as missionaries have gone out around the globe and we're down to the last two or three people groups that have never heard of God. People are always saying, why is Jesus waiting? Because his church is slow sometimes, I think. But we're finally getting there. We're at the last couple of people groups. There'll be nothing to stop him from coming back as the gospel's been preached to every single one. But he's saying, I'm using you. I'm using you to, to, to bring in the last of the harvest. That's what I love about you. I love the, the radical savor of community of faith. It's not like any church 
that I know. You know, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, on that last day, here's what it's gonna look like. I'm gonna separate the people out, left and right. And to the people on the right, I'm gonna say, good job. Come into your father's kingdom. Enter the joy of the kingdom. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was in prison and you visited me. I was naked and you clothed me. And they're gonna say, Jesus, I never saw you naked. I never saw you thirsty. And you did it to one of these, the least of these little ones. You did it unto me. So is he saying that it's our works that's gonna make the, no, he's saying when you really know me, when you've come into that relationship with me, you can't help but give it out, give it out, bring justice around the globe. You can't help do the things that we're doing all over the place. And that's what I love about you. Burundi sent us a video and I want you to, to see this as we close out our talk about faith because this is what you're doing. I mean, when Houston came to us, some people in Houston, and, and I had been, I knew we were one of the big sex trafficking hubs of, of the world in Houston, out there on Bissonette. And they were saying, we, we wanna enlighten people, we wanna show, and everybody was just having these conversations. And finally I said, hey, community of faith doesn't do conversations. We wanna do something. We wanna make a difference. And you gave $200,000 to start an organization that stops sex trafficking. That's who you are. It's not about talk, it's about action. What you've done in Burundi with the millions that we've given there over these last years, you're actually changing the face of an entire country. And I love that about you. There's no one there helping us. Everything that's happened, you've done. Take a look at this and let's just sit back and see what God is doing through our faith and the tangible ways that we show it. We have been working alongside the people of Burundi since 2009. In that time, we have built new neighborhoods together, complete with wells and crops. We have an elementary school, trade school, a health clinic, a bank, a porridge factory. And yet, it is each individual story that tells of the true transformation that has occurred over those years.
ababyeyi banyise nta zina eh niho uyirishira hamwe cyasiche aho aho turi radushikako hanyuma cyanyizigira ricariranta izindi zina izina bacabanyita izina byizigiro kugira ngo bayitirizina bya byizigiro nuko babona ndongoye abantu banyizigiye Jenny Twanitonde Bernadette abandi umudandaza amakazoza twaragiye turababwira ikibazo dufise ukuri batwarayazi turahuza batubira ababyeyi nabatubera umugisha ngo turakorana turamaze imyaka irenga indi gudukorana kandi no kuri twarashaye ku gutera imbere turabishima aho tugeze I was unemployed and you gave me a loan to start my business. I was a student and you supported me. I was pregnant and you were there when I gave birth. I was landless and you gave me land for a home. I was without any hope and you gave me hope for my future. Whenever you did it for Emeld, Vizegiro, Francois, Emma, and the children of Bobanza, you did it for me. This is what transformation looks like in Burundi. Thank you for making this work possible for those friends, their families, and their communities. You really are making them communities of hope. Super grateful to be a part of Community of Faith and to be a part with you over these last 18 years as we've given our best gift offering every Christmas for all of those years. You know, the Bible says when we are walking in faith and we step out that way that the gates of hell can't prevail against us. And that's what our best gift offering is, guys. We are storming the, great, the gates of hell saying we're not going to let anybody in the world go down without knowing about Jesus. And so I'm proud and grateful for you guys this morning. All of you should have received one of these envelopes when you came in this morning. I want you to take that out with me right now. You'll find inside there, and you can pull these things out. There's a community of faith pen. Um, you're welcome to take that with you. This is some of our best advertising when you leave those in places around the community. But you'll also see this card that says, Love is the Mission. Maybe you've already filled it out. Um, that's okay. I just want to run through it real briefly for you. Um, I'll use that pen, fill it out this morning. I'm going to ask you to start at the bottom there. It just has your name and address, your phone number on there, your email address. If you can fill that out, even if you've already given online, if you fill this card out, that will be helpful for us as we're documenting our best gift offerings. But our phone number is one of the ways that we track you in our database system, so be sure and put that on there. And when you have that filled out, um, you can move back up to the top there where it says my commitment. Um, you'll see a space that says upfront gift. That is for today. If you're giving a best gift offering, whether it's cash or check or you're doing it online, um, go ahead and fill in that blank with that amount. Um, even if you've already done it online, let us know what you did there. And then you'll see a blank that says recurring gift with three blanks under there. It lists weekly, monthly, and quarterly. 
One of the ways that we can give more than we think we can is if we do a recurring gift. If you look on the back of this card, it says, My Giving Potential. And it's kind of surprising when you look. Uh, You know, if you give something as simple as $100 a week over the course of next year, you will have given $5,200. That's incredible what you can do. Even if you just give, you know, $15 a week, you skip one of those Starbucks every week, um, you will have given $780 over the course of the year. So I hope you'll consider not just giving a gift today, but set up recurring giving over the course of 2022, and you'll be surprised how God will use your gifts exponentially. So fill that out, and then it says total gift and pledge over these next 12 months. That is those figures combined. So your gift today plus the recurring giving that you plan to give in 2022. And none of it's set in stone. If you make a pledge to give recurring giving next year and you find yourself unemployed by mid-year or whatever other reason, um, we're not going to come back to you and say, hey, you said you were giving this. You need to give your money. It's just a reminder to you. It's, It's what you plan to do, what you hope to do. If things change financially, we totally get that. Maybe they change for the better and you want to increase your giving. That's always welcome as well. But fill that card out for us. You'll put it in the envelope. If you have a cash or check offering to give today, put that in the envelope with that. Now, if you're here for the very first time, you may be thinking, okay, they did an offering earlier and now they're doing a second offering. Um, (laughs) This is a unique weekend. Normally we do three offerings. So today is uh, your lucky day. Uh, Just kidding. Um, But this is a special day. Um, This is what makes Community of Faith unique. And so what I wanna do for just a moment is now that Laura's walked you through kind of that card, I know for some that... uh, have been giving, maybe you're interested in setting up this all online, and I wanna walk through that process just quickly. Um, You can use your phone so everybody can get their phone out. You can do this right now in this moment, whether you're watching online or in the room. Um, But just walk through what it looks like to to give using what we call the PushPay app. That's the the software that's used. It's secure, um, it's confidential, it'll keep keep all your information uh, secure. But let me walk you through that. I've got some screenshots that I'm gonna put up on the screen to help kinda help you understand this. If you're in the room or online, you can scan the QR code or you can text COFGIVE to 97000. Uh, I know some of you aren't familiar with QR codes and that's okay. So maybe you're familiar with text messaging. So I'm gonna start there because that's uh, the most, that's the first step. So text COFGIVE to 97000. You'll see this on the screen behind me. You'll see it on your screen online as well. You can see that the recipient portion is where you put the number 97000. And then for the body of the text is where you would put COF give. And uh, if you're already familiar with community of faith and giving through PushPay, you're like, okay, Wes, I already know this. Just hang tight. Drummer Boy is coming. We are going to finish our time together with Drummer Boy. Uh, so just hang, hang with me for a second. Once you do that, you'll text that. You'll get a link almost immediately. You'll click on that link, and then everybody should be on the same place, whether you scan the QR code or you send in the text message, and you'll be in the PushPay app. And so once you get to the PushPay app, it'll look like this, and you'll see there you can choose whatever amount you have decided on that you've prayed for for your best gift offering for this year, for today. Um, You can insert that amount in there and then make sure it says give one time, or you could set up recurring giving for that amount, whatever you decide. But for right now, we're just talking about give one time, and you'll make sure that it says giving type, best gift to Jesus offering, and then you'll hit next. And I'm gonna walk through this quickly. If you are getting behind, don't worry about it. We have people that are gonna be around after the service to help walk through this. I just want you to be familiar. So once you get to that next screen, you'll enter your phone number, the one that you're on currently, the device you're using. Enter your phone number. Once you do that, you'll hit next, and you'll get a security code immediately. 
copy and paste that security code into the screen that you see there now. It's a security code, and then you'll confirm that. Once you confirm it, if you've never used PushPay before on that device, or you don't have a PushPay account, then you will have to enter your information, name, email address. Once you enter your name and email address, you'll hit next. That'll take you to the screen for your credit card information or bank account information. It doesn't matter which one you choose. They, neither one of them have a fee that you'll have to pay. You'll enter that information again. It's all secure, I promise. And then we'll, you'll hit next. Once you do that, you'll see everything there. This is kind of the confirmation page. You'll see your uh, offering amount. This is your best gift offering, your one-time gift for today. And then you'll see your payment method. And then you will hit give whatever that offering amount is that you've selected. And then congratulations. Thank you for your generosity. You'll see that screen on there. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. You did it. You were terrified of online giving, but you just successfully conquered that giant in your life. So there you go. We're going to celebrate that with you. Um, if you want to go ahead and set up the recurring giving, I'm not going to walk through it as slow as I just did. But all you have to do is hit the give again button. This is the, the offering, the recurring offering starting in 2022 that you want to continue to live this out, uh, continuing to be generous above and beyond the tithe. If you do that, you get to this screen again. You can see that. And it says set up recurring instead of give one time. So you enter the amount that you would like to give recurring and then select which uh, time frame you want to go with, whether it's every week, whether it's twice a month, every two weeks, every month, uh, you can select that and then you can hit the starting date. You can see there I started January 1st, 2022. And so this is an addition to the one-time gift. Um, you heard Mark and Laura talk about that just a little bit ago. So then you walk through the process the exact same way. I'll just go through it quickly. You'll hit confirm on that. You'll enter your phone number. If you didn't do this in the prior one, if you are still on the prior step, then this is just a refresher course. Enter the security code that you receive. You'll hit confirm, and then you should see all of the details after you enter your payment information. You'll see the payment details. You'll see the recurring offering amount. It'll show you what you've selected, and then you hit schedule recurring gift. And like Laura said, you can change that anytime you want to. Now, as you go through the year, you need to make any kind of adjustments to that. You're able to do that through PushPay as well. One question that I've had some before today and even today, if you already have recurring set up for Community of Faith, a lot of you do, and I'm so thankful for that. But this, this is a second one. You don't have to adjust that. This is a second recurring plan that you get to set up specifically for the best gift offering. And so um, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you have kind of walked through that. If you didn't get through that completely, I know that you're going to continue to process through that. If you're not using your device to give, you're not giving electronically, you brought your check or your cash for the offering today, I want you to take that offering. I want you to take your pledge card, uh, your information card, and put all of that back in this envelope. And the band is going to come up, and they're going to sing a song alongside our partners from here and all around the world. The thing I love about this place is it's not just about a financial transaction. It's not just a check that we write to some random group of people in different places around the world. These are our friends. These are relationships. We are in friendship with every single one of these partners that we work with throughout the year. And so we want to celebrate that through singing together. And so you're going to see this. The band's going to sing. And then as soon as the song's over, we're going to together, all together in this room, we're going to bring these and we're going to lay them on the front of the stage this morning, but I'll give you the cue for that. So, so don't worry about that right in this moment. Just sit back and let's celebrate together God's faithfulness as we've been generous.
I love that. I love this place and I love the generosity of this place because of what God does with it. It's special. There's a story that's being written and it's not done being written. God wants to do great things in the days ahead of us. So let's participate in this together. The band's gonna continue to sing and if you're sitting down on the floor, any of these floor seats, then I'm gonna invite you to bring your envelope with your card. If you've got your offering, didn't do the digital option, you got your offering, you can put that in there as well. But I want you to put your envelopes on the stage up here and then anybody sitting in the risers, there's staff and volunteers in each aisle that will be collecting those envelopes and they'll bring them down to the stage for you. But let's, this is that faith moment. This is that action moment. This is that trust moment. So let's trust as the band continues to sing. You're the name above all names. You are worthy of all our praise. So my heart will sing how great is our Let's celebrate first. Let me pray over this quickly. God, I thank you. Thank you for trusting us. God, I pray that you would continue to grow our trust in you, but thank you for allowing us to participate in the work that you're doing. And you provide so much for us. So as we give back, as we bring that back to you, and as we trust you with something that's so valuable to us, would you not only do use that to do an incredible work, here at home and around the world, but also do something in us as we trust, as we give, even when it's uncomfortable. God, we trust you with this. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.